and welcome to Abstract, a show dedicated to abstract ideas discussed amidst ever-changing tunes. I'm your host, Abby BK, and with me today is Paul. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. And Paul is a seasoned DJ here, so I'm not completely on my own if things go awry, which is good. Hopefully they won't. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I guess to start off, maybe we talk about your show here since here we sure. are. Yes, well, I was on yesterday, so I, I generally do a show from 2 to 5 p.m. called Paul's Eclectic Attic under one of my aliases, Paul Beguile, uh, based on a... Uh, a misprint of my last name. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, I just put in music that I like and try and put it together in sequences that make some sense. And uh, so, yeah, yesterday I did uh, a bunch of uh, covers of Beale songs by African-American artists and uh, also some songs about Mardi Gras mm. and... Uh, even uh, even a handful of uh, Valentine's Day related songs. Very fun. Yeah. And so do you change up like the the different genres and everything every week as well? Or do you kind of have like a certain genre or vibe of music that you play on the weekly basis? Well, I te- I, I uh, do a variable array of like uh, musical genres and mm-hmm. styles. I mean, it's sort of on the rock end of things but uh, a lot of folk uh even a bit of jazz here and there i've even put in a couple of classical things every now and then so it's really especially if i'm doing a theme or sometimes i do multiple themes a week i'll just put in anything that seems to correspond with the theme and i and uh, what I like doing is putting songs and pieces of music together in a way that almost like tells a story mm. you know yeah, that's cool. Do you have like a, a favorite theme that you've done? I feel like that's a hard question maybe, but any uh, ones that come to mind? I don't know. I enjoyed doing the Halloween show. Uh, okay. The Halloween show. And it was just a fun variety of things. And I put together little montages with sound effects and things like that to link, right. to link the different uh, playlists. Yeah. So I enjoyed doing that. Um, uh, the Christmas and... Uh, and uh, winter solstice ones that i did uh i enjoyed doing those uh and back in september during the um the art hop mm. i did a whole bunch yeah you of were live you were yeah, live for live art hop for the art hop yes killing it and just doing and i just did a whole bunch of river theme songs which was uh appropriate because of all the flooding that happened uh, mm. this past summer here in vermont yeah right well so obviously on top of doing your dj stuff here you're also involved in the music scene in other ways so what was your entrance into just getting more involved in the local music community here in burlington well after the see one of my resolutions for 2020 was to go out and play live music more which didn't happen for obvious reasons mm-hmm. so after the pandemic well you know uh it took a while to get back into things but i found some places to do open mics uh most recently i found through a friend the uh, venetian soda lounge which is the best (laughs) yeah and i've met a bunch of people through the venetian soda lounge Uh, so for example this show that i have coming up uh, three of the acts, well, two of the other acts, because four in all, 
I know through the uh, the, the uh, open mic at Venetian Soda Lounge, which normally takes place every second Tuesday uh, in the evening. So I know the Champlain Shorgasm and Fisher Wag through the Venetian Soda Lounge open mic. Abby, wait, that's <laughs> who's you. that? Wait, I know, I know you through here, right? Through the big heavy world, but you know, I know myself through myself. But uh, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I don't know myself as well as I would like. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, through these open mics and uh, sort of offshoot, almost if you like, of the open mic at uh, Venetian has been the lily pad up in the new north end mm -hmm. which is run by the champlain shorgasm and so it's a place for for people to get together and meet as well so that's been really good and also i've managed to reacquaint myself with the open mic up at desposito and through there i managed to score this show at uh, desposito on february the 29th that's this month mm -hmm. leap day of a leap year and it's going to be at Desposito, which for those of you who don't know, is up on North Winooski, 294 North Winooski. And uh, up in the old north end of Burlington. And it will be lots of fun. Oh, yes. <laughs> All uh, acoustic acts. Um, normally, they have like loud rock bands uh, mm. at uh, Desposito, but this is going to be a somewhat different vibe. But uh, not totally different because... Uh, some of the performers have a sort of a punk aggressiveness about them, uh, the way they attack acoustic instruments. So, right. <laughs> yeah, totally. So in terms of like writing your own music, I thought it was so interesting in the information that you sent me about your little promotional post for this, this uh, episode is that you started writing music through meditation, which I think is fascinating. Can you like explain that a bit more? Well, uh, I was living in New York city at the time, Brooklyn specifically. And, uh, for some reason, I kept getting anxiety attacks, and so I tried to calm myself down through like walking, meditation through the streets of Brooklyn, and I would go like breathing, breathing, breathing gently, and I go. But I don't know what experience you have with meditation, but I find that when I start doing meditation, my mind is often like a freshly caught fish that's sort of jumping around in a boat. Mm. And so I would start, <laughs> start making up tunes. Yeah. And that's kind of how it started. Um, didn't know how to play any musical instruments at all, really. I had played like drums and percussion in high school, but I hadn't done that in years. And I had been like writing words, like verse, like lyrics, mm -hmm. but not actually doing music. But that's when I started like putting things to music, music to words, but totally a cappella. Right. I even tried experimenting with like vocal harmonies by, I had like this cassette machine and like this other cassette machine and we'd be playing one in the background and singing over it. I'm like, Sound quality is atrocious. It's all atrocious. <laughs> Terrible. But, but you have to start, start somewhere. It exactly. And you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I think that's really interesting. You know, I had never really heard of that, but I feel like I have a similar experience because when I started writing songs, 
it wasn't necessarily through like I actively was trying to meditate, but I used to go outside a lot as a kid and I would go by myself and I would sit on my swing mm. and I would just be very like in the present moment in nature. And I would always feel inspired by that. So do you kind of feel like that process is sort of spiritual for you then kind of like a, like the meditative practice. Do you feel like you're more like in tune with something higher than ourselves when you do that? Uh, it, if it, if it's, if it's working out right, sure. Yeah. But I sometimes find performing certain songs is a transcendent uh, experience. Yeah. Uh, and that's the songs I really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. The songs that I think are my best songs that I'm really, that I can do really well is when I feel like it's almost like they're performing me. It's like, yeah, it's, it's really, you're no longer conscious, self-conscious about performing it. You're just, really in it mm -hmm. and that doesn't happen it only happens occasionally but when it does it's it's really uh amazing yeah you can feel it it's yeah. almost like you get the musical chills yeah. and you lock in for sure it's yeah. very a very special feeling i feel like a lot of musicians can probably say mm -hmm. as well well, amazing. Um, I'd love to play one of your first songs here. Okay. So I'll leave it up to you which one you'd like to choose first. I loved your selections of the five that you chose. Okay, well, maybe we can start with Strawberry Fields Forever because that's a song that goes back to my childhood, I suppose. And it's it's a song that for me, it, it was like an example of how music is like um, a world that, uh, like a world of the imagination, really. It's, and it, so I'm not sure I can really articulate mm -hmm. what I'm meaning here, but uh, maybe I can do that a bit more after we play the song. Yeah, like an ethereal yeah. vibe. All right. Well, I love the Beatles, yeah. so uh, this was a good choice. So here is Strawberry Fields Forever. All right. That was Strawberry Fields Forever, a perfect way to start <laughs> off the music portion yes. of the the show. So any other comments on the inspirations for that one? Or do you feel like you covered it before we played it? Yeah, it, it's my parents had uh, the blue album and the, the red album it was like these compilation albums that came out in the 70s mm -hmm. of the Beatles, like guest biggest hits. And so the first track on the first side of the blue album was strawberry fields forever. So that one particularly sticks in the memory and it is a, a song that's really evocative of childhood and just like the world of the imagination that a child tends to live in some of the time. So, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want to dive back into what we were talking about before about the kind of unspoken feeling that you get when you're performing or when you're writing certain songs and what that connection means to you. So in terms of some of the songs that you've written, you, you said that when there are, there are certain ones that you really like that you think are your strongest, that you get that feeling for, what are kind of the songs that you've written that you feel like did that for you? Well, uh, so there's, there's a few songs that really, uh, in performance, I feel like I have them down enough where, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, like there's a song that I wrote a while ago it's quite an old one called uh, dreaming again and i it's a, that's one i can really get lost in mm -hmm. and uh, there's one called you brought me back they're both on my first album uh and again there's something about the emotion of it too it's like for me music is a lot about emotion and how you can just get wrapped up in it mm -hmm. so um 
It's harder to get that feeling with the newer songs, not because the songs aren't as good, but simply because I haven't played them as much. Mm. I find that as I get more, because the thing is that as I'm learning to play the songs, I'm more conscious of making sure that I get it right mm -hmm. rather than getting lost in it. Yeah. So um, it's easier, I think, with the older songs. Uh, in terms of the writing process, um, there are there are times where I can feel like, oh, this is this sounds really special to me. That sometimes happens, but sometimes it's not clear until later mm. um, what the song really is. So yeah, it really depends. For me, uh, what I like about the songwriting process is uh, it's just playing around with things. It's playing with an idea. You, know, you get an idea, or quite often what happens is I'm just sitting with my guitar and I'm just playing with a couple of chords or something like that. And then, it's, oh, that's interesting. And it goes from there. Yeah. And I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily describe the initial process. I guess that's what, you know, when people uh, refer to that process in like really like mystical terms and uh, they're talking about that, pro that part of the process, I think. What I find is that after a while, you get to a more um, what I call the problem solving uh, part mm. of the process where it's sort of like, OK, I've got this, and but there's still things that I need to do to make it really work. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? Uh, I need another verse. I need this. I need that. The so, structure of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the process as well for you starting to pick up an instrument? Because you said that you started you know, just having these tunes in your head, which actually is exactly what I did as well. Mm. Um, so I relate to that a lot. But what was your kind of process? When did you like pick up yeah, other instruments? I, I was a really late bloomer when it came to like uh, picking up a guitar. Uh, my parents didn't really play instruments, although they did like get us keyboard, like Casio keyboards and things like that, which I didn't really pick up on. I didn't really use, play it much. Uh, when I was a kid, but uh, I think I even had a toy guitar at one point, which I didn't really go very far with. <laughs> uh, but uh, my mother did buy a guitar at a local music store in the hope of, uh, you know, uh, having that as a hobby. And she didn't really follow through on that. So at one point, I just said, hey, can I use this? So I started learning and i you know I, I i got like these little chord books and tried to figure out okay well how do i do this chord mm -hmm. i even have recordings of my early attempts at playing guitar and they're <laughs> horrible. humbling i yeah. i feel that but once again you have to start somewhere well, exactly but even you know it didn't take that long to at least get a certain rudimentary level mm. being able to play like chords and so on but it, even if i compare like recordings from 10 years ago to now i can see how my strumming and you know just everything has just gotten i guess looser and mm -hmm. more uh fluent so i'm very pleased with you know i'm never going to be a virtuoso on the guitar but uh, you know i'm pleased with uh what i'm able to do with it now which i find one of the problems was that a lot of my songs I couldn't play properly because I had an idea of how it could go, but I couldn't actually play it the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's why sometimes I actually record really old songs and put them out on new albums. It's just because I didn't know how to play them properly. Yeah. Before. I like that mentality, though, that you're kind of in it for the personal progress of learning. I think that's a really good growth mindset to have. And I think a lot of the time comparison kills creativity as well like i speaking from my own experience like i relate to that a lot because i didn't pick up the guitar until later and i'm self-taught and i always will like hear people that have taken like lessons and are really good guitarists and i'm like wow like i wish i could play like that right but whenever you're focused on you're in your own lane and you're focused on how can i improve what can i do to make my music better i feel like that's when yeah beautiful things happen so I, I want like to be that. able to play them well enough to get the songs over is the main thing. It's, it's all about the songs. Right. And I started playing just to be able to play my own songs. It wasn't until later that I actually started playing covers. Mm. So because right. as I learned to play, it was sort of like, okay, well, how does this, how do you play this song? Yeah. And so I started learning to, so I started developing a repertoire of covers. But uh, initially the, uh, the the goal was just to, be able to play my own songs Mm -hmm. and do you find like i know that you've said that sometimes like the song just kind of comes to you and you you go with the flow of like what it's kind of supposed to be um do you feel like you go into songwriting with kind of a concept or do you feel like the concept kind of finds you and do the meanings of your songs do you feel like kind of change like do you not always know what you're writing about or do you feel like you have a good sense of it when you're in the moment it really depends yeah uh, because the starting point of a song can be a number of different things. It can be like a musical idea. Mm-hmm. It can be what they call like doodle. Uh, there's a word for it. Uh, it would be doodling if you were drawing, but I can't think of noodling. It's noodling. <laughs> it's noodling and drawing and noodling in music. Okay, yeah. And it's just sort of like you're just playing around on yeah. an instrument and you come up with stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's one starting point. Another starting point is words. Like you just have an idea. Sometimes it's a title. Like this, so there's songs I've written where there was one song I wrote where um, a band had a song with this title, Letter Never Sent. Well, that's a good title. Mm-hmm. I'll write a song called Letter Never Sent. And that's where the starting point of it was. Mm. Um, or Carnival of Light. That's another one. That's actually a piece that the Beatles supposedly did with no recordings have, have surfaced <laughs> wow the the mystery it's too avant-garde for the public to hear oh so yeah apparently they uh they were like doing this weird experimental thing which they don't didn't normally do mm. in between sessions for penny lane interesting and it was like for one of paul mccartney's uh buddies they were like doing this psychedelic happening right it was, so the, they were going to have like the light show or something like that and this cool. piece was going to play and it was just them kind of like making noise. <laughs> I love that they got experimental with some of their <laughs> other albums with almost yeah. like different cultural sounds as well, infiltrating, yeah. which is really cool. They were, they were like open to things. I, right. I like that. You know, it's like, I think you really do have to try and be like open to things like just, and then you, then things will come to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. So I, I wrote a song called Carnal of Light, and that was the idea. And it was like, okay, well, uh, I think I wrote the words first and then uh, came up with music for it. So Yeah, cool. Uh, so it, there are different starting points you can write a song from, and they're all good, really. Uh, but uh, I do find 
that self-consciousness can be a problem. So uh, I try not to be self-conscious. At a certain point, though, you do have to at least be prepared to edit it somewhat. And uh, But I don't necessarily... I'm not a storyteller with songs, really. Other people are, and they're really good at it, and I think that's great. But it doesn't seem to be something that I really do. Uh, I more like take a snapshot of things mm. or a series of snapshots. Just... Uh, and, you know, it, I, I feel like the important thing is that through the words and the, the singing together, the singing of the words is how you get across uh, like an emotion. Mm -hmm. And the literal meaning of the words is not necessarily as important. Mm. Yeah, I like with your music, the ones that like I've, I've sat and listened to it, it's up to interpretation. Yeah. And I think that that makes it unique, though. And people can kind of tie their own stories to what you've written perhaps better than something that's all laid out in someone else's story, you know? Right. But that's kind of the beauty of music is people can tie their own experiences to something else that someone's written. Yeah. And of course, you know, if someone does a story song, usually there's enough in there that someone can identify with mm -hmm. and imagine being in the story. Right. It's just not something that I do personally. Yeah. So you've released um, a few projects now um, yeah. and you have a few upcoming. So do you want to talk a little bit about well, uh, so I on? have an album called On My Mind, which oh, usually what happens with albums is that I have like uh, a few things I've recorded and then a few songs floating around. And then at a certain point, it's like, okay, there I, I can see a collect them being put together. In, oh, I'm sorry, hit the microphone. <laughs> that's okay. I can, I can see them being put together in this sequence, so... That's what I'm doing, and it's called On My Mind, and it should be out hopefully by the end of the month, if not in March. Very uh, exciting. And so, uh, yeah, it it's it's basically I'm putting it together because I'm preparing for this show at the end of the month, and it's, it's like when I start thinking about one aspect of it, I start thinking about, okay, well, what songs can I uh, Put together for the show and then i realized hey wait a minute i've got these songs how about i put them together on an album so mm. that's what that happens so there's some fairly old songs that i'm now able to do on it and there's some new ones as well uh, and the other one is that um i've done some long distance collaborations uh i i like most of my songs I've written on my own and I've been quite happy doing it, but every now and then I like getting someone else's perspective in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's this uh, lyricist uh, who lives out in the Midwest. I'm not sure where her name is Elizabeth Petty. And the album is all songs that are her words that I set to music. So it's going to be called uh, Stronger Than Your Enemies. That's the name of one of the songs. And uh, it's not going to be under... My albums are under the name of Montreal Paul, but this one's going to be under the name Assemble Ensembles, which is sort of going to be sort of my name for collaborative projects. Oh, cool. So, I like that you have many different like personas <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> depending on the projects that you're working on. And that hopefully will come out around the same time. So it's going to be like two albums at once. But uh, Sweet. That one's been in the works for a while. I was going to originally put it out as an EP, but then I wanted to add some stuff, so it's now pretty much a full-length album. Nice. And we'll be hearing these at Despacito, some uh, of them? I'll be hearing, yeah, I'll definitely be hearing some of these songs. Again, you know, I have to 
it's easier to do some of the older songs, which I know by heart, but I'm going to put the time in to really have them ready to do the songs. Yay. Well, I'm excited to hear them now that I have the inside (laughs) scoop. Well, speaking of songs, let's play another one of your choices. So what would you like to play next? Oh, we can play this one, Lucifer Sam. All right. Any commentary? Why do you choose this one by Pink Floyd? Well, uh, so Pink Floyd has been an influence on my songwriting, but particularly uh, the Pink Floyd that existed at the very beginning with Sid Barrett Mm. and also his own songs afterwards. Uh, when he did a couple of solo albums, uh, we can talk a bit more about it. But he's been uh, he, he's been a strong influence on my own songwriting, I think, just like the Beatles has been. So yeah, uh, and this is uh, this is a song off their very first album, Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And those who are listening who are maybe not so familiar with this uh, version of Pink Floyd, who are more familiar with the later stuff. We'll notice some continuity, but also some very striking differences. Mm, Okay, nice. Well, let's listen to it. This is Lucifer Sam. And we are back. That was some Pink Floyd. I liked listening to that Mm because, as I had said, um, I think it was off air. I don't think I said it on air. I hadn't really heard a lot of Pink Floyd's early music. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's from their first album, which was done with... uh, Sid Barrett, and uh, unfortunately, he developed some uh, mental health issues that mm. uh, led to him leaving the band, being kicked out, really. And uh, so that's when David Gilmore joined the band on guitar and vocals, and they went on like doing like psychedelic stuff, and then eventually morphed into the band that did Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall and all that stuff. Right. Very cool. Mm. It's cool to hear all of your different influences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's part of what I've been, what I tried to do when I put this list together. Uh, right. Well, you have a bunch of different like personas per project or a thing that you're working on, but I'd love to get into your just like everyday Paul persona. So oh. I'd love to get into more learning about like librarian research or like. What's your like everyday gig and how do you feel like that kind of ties into or inspires maybe your artistic side too? Well, I don't really have an everyday gig right now. I do contracts and stuff like that. I used yeah. to work as a librarian, uh, like in an actual library and I like to do research. Uh, so I, I've been doing like uh, indexing and editing work for, for folks for the last little while. Um, I hope to be able to work in a library at some point. It's uh, a matter of just uh, work permits and stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, right now, a lot of what I do is basically uh, taking care taking care of our two boys, really, is a lot of uh, what I do. Um, so, that, and aside from that, I, I work a lot on uh, my music. But uh, yes, I am doing some editing stuff. Being a librarian, I think, I'm not sure how I connect that with mm. uh, music necessarily, but it it's the same person doing it. So I guess there must be <laughs> some connection. Well, maybe it's like using the two different sides of your brain almost, you know, because whenever I think about like researching, that's more analytical yeah, I think there is an analytical yeah. side, as I mentioned, to doing uh, songs. I've sometimes thought of it in my mind as like doing a crossword. Or, or sort of mm. like just, but 
there is a more, I guess there's a more unconscious side of it as well, which, I mean, there probably is with everything we do, but uh, you have to be able to explain what you're doing more with something like librarianship. Whereas with a song, you can get away with saying, well, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you decide. You can decide. Yeah. Well, you've also been doing some of like the archival work here for... Um, yeah. Documenting some of the music here as well. So what have you been working on in that regard? Well, so one of the things a librarian can do is cataloging. So I've done some cataloging of the CDs. Big Heavy World has a collection of roughly 5,000 CDs. It's a lot. And a lot of them are well. right back there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're kind of in crates in the back and so on. So uh, what we want to do in part is to have them all cataloged so that people know what's here. But the other thing that we're starting to do is to actually make digital copies of all the albums. Uh, so that's part of the process. So that then they're more easily accessible because having them in crates in the back, not ideal for accessibility in terms mm. of like calling, okay, well, we want this, we want to hear this album or this song from this album. How do we do that? Right. So that's what we want. Because part one of Big Heavy World's mandates is to archive Vermont's music heritage. Mm -hmm. um, we also have like uh, tapes and things, but uh, it's mostly in CD form right now. Because Big Heavy World's been around since 1996. So most, most of its collection has been collecting uh, CDs. Uh, of course, vinyl is more uh, in right now, but... Uh, one of the things, of course, that Big Heavy World does is that uh, bands can send in CDs, but they also just send in like digital uh, files. Uh, before we were on just now, you were hearing, if you were listening, uh, you would have been hearing some uh, local Vermont musicians uh, as part of the the automatic the automated playlist that we have here, and it's all Vermont musicians. So that's one of the things that Vermont bands and musicians can do is send in their radio ready materials, right. their, their tracks and have them in regular rotation on the radio here at uh, really Big special Heavy that World we do it. on the radiator. Yes. Yeah, that, that's part of the Big Heavy World's mandate, really. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of an archival thing. And so one of, one of the things that I'm involved with, though, as I was saying, is actually digitizing the CD collection. Uh, later we can get around to the tapes and the even like the vinyl that we have we don't have a huge vinyl collection but we have a few things yeah that seems like kind of like the perfect meshing of yeah. your two interests then because that's sort yeah. of like the archival process is you know i feel like in most libraries they have like an archive or you know something more academic in that way preserving history yes. and knowledge is sort of what i view well, as what library work big heavy world. i mean yeah. I mean, this is how i met you at big heavy world and well, I think we first met at like a crew meeting or something like that. When did you join? Because you've been here a while as well, helping out. I believe it was twenty, the spring of twenty twenty two. Okay, yeah, that would it make was sense. The, yeah, the spring of twenty twenty two, and uh, so I've been working on the archiving since then, the cataloging and so on. Um, so you found Big Heavy World through the museum aspect. Yeah, I, I, well, I originally discovered Big Heavy World because I was involved with this group called the Burlington Songwriters, mm. who, uh, you know, Jason Baker, right? Yeah. He, he was involved with that as well. And so 
That's how I know him. Okay, yeah. And uh, so we had like a couple of get-togethers, like meetings, like showcases at Big Heavy World. Oh, cool. Uh, when it was in a different location, it was on Pine. Right. Avenue. I never got to see that because I came. Yeah. Or I don't know. Wait, when did we switch to this location? No, I never saw it. I honestly one, don't though. know because by the time I got involved the organization, it was here. Right, okay. So you were going unknowingly to, well, maybe not well, unknowingly, I knew, but I knew about Big Heavy Not World, involved so in knew, it yet. <laughs> so I knew it was around. Right. So later on, uh, when I was looking for somewhere to volunteer yeah, and uh, somewhere that uh, was involved with music, uh, you already kind of knew. I yeah, I knew this organization was there, so I looked it up and saw okay, well, other volunteer opportunities, and I saw there was, they were say, well, we need somebody to do these things. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, so I wrote to Jim, and uh, and so that's how that started. Yeah, it was, gotcha. it was the spring of twenty twenty two, I believe it was. Yeah, I feel like you've been here a while, so that would yeah. make sense as well. Very interesting how everybody just like, you know, how they discover this place. Yeah. Like everyone has a different. A different way of of kind of discovering this hidden gem i think of our studio here as such a hidden gem not necessarily that it's hidden i think a lot of people do know about it but the actual space itself i feel like people don't know about as much a lot of the spaces here in just this building like i love art hop because walking around you can see all yeah. of these like hidden gem creative places that so much cool stuff is happening in especially that especially in the south end it is people like, don't know about yeah it's these little there's like these buildings where there's like the little offices and little studios and things yeah totally well i would love to play your next song are we just going to go right in order yeah, with aquarium right all right so why'd you choose this one uh, so this is a recent release by uh, Corey Galkin, who I, uh, I'm acquainted with uh, from Montreal. And uh, I just wanted to, I just heard her album recently and I thought it was really good. So I thought it'd be nice to play one of the songs from that. Oh, nice. Well, there's another Montreal connection. Mm. We were talking about that a little earlier. Mm. Well, great. This is Aquarium by Corey Golkin. Here we go. That was Aquarium that we just listened to. We are listening to Abstract. I really liked that one. I hadn't heard yeah. that before, so I'm glad that yeah. I could be exposed to something new today, too. That's what that's part of what I try to do on my show, Paul's Eclectic Attic, is to bring together. And there are songs that I play that people definitely have probably heard before. Right. But I like to bring in also songs that I like that uh, people probably haven't. Yeah, in, in in this case, because like she's, well, she's, I know her from Montreal and uh, I don't know if she's based in Montreal right now. I think she is, hmm. but, uh, you know, she's not necessarily going to be played very much on this side of the border. So it's nice to expose people to that. And so that's one of the things that I try to do. So I played, I played this, I don't remember how many weeks ago it was, but I played it fairly recently on Paul's Eclectic Attic. So I like to to show that, you know, the, some of these songs can stand up to some of the songs we know and love. Yeah, right. Yeah. I love it. Well, I want to dive in a little bit into two of your other little bullet points. Okay. Being a cat whisperer and a lifelong learner. So do you have cats at the moment? Well, yeah, we have of two course. cats. And uh, yeah, I, I cats seem to like me for some reason. <laughs> I definitely like them. Uh I do have a couple of friends in Montreal who did have a cat and I would go and visit and this cat did not take to me, but that's, oh, no. that's fairly rare. Yeah. Um, it's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, uh, I yeah, cats just seem to really like me. So that's one of the things I like. Uh, is you know, we have um, one of our cats is one that uh, I have from before my marriage uh, when I was living on my own. Uh, I adopted her uh, like uh, from a rescue thing, mm. and uh, so she's getting on. She's uh, the other one is a Maine Coon, and he adopted us. <laughs> he, it was like September, late September of 2020. Yeah. And he came around and started meowing loudly outside, outside of our uh, door. And like this, there was a night or two of this. And then finally I met him and he just kind of like, he just won our hearts really. So, and we, we didn't know, I, you know, as far as we could tell, he didn't have a home at the time. So uh, he seemed to have been wandering around. You took and him he was, in. Yeah, but he was starving. So mm. we took him in and uh, he's been part of the family ever since. Well, I'm glad for that because I feel like there's a lot of just like stray animals that need a home sometimes. So, yeah. well, I'd love to know a little bit more about like, what's your mentality about being a lifelong learner and how do you think that you can continue to have a growth mindset? Well, yeah. So even in terms of music, there's always more to learn. and That's partly how. I think one can create is by not not always thinking that one knows what one is doing. Yes. It's a strange formulation. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, if you, if you think, you know what, if you think you've got it down, then I think maybe you're not really going to go anywhere creative with it. But you know, sometimes I've even like sat by piano, which I don't really know how to play and just sort of like plunked around, doodle around and come up with things. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but even like discovering a chord on the guitar, which I hadn't known of before. And it's also why I've gotten to doing some covers is because sometimes I start writing songs by trying to learn other songs. Yeah. Like, how do they do that? Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay, well, they have this chord here. What can I do with that? So that's in music, but also just being open to learning and just changing my point of view when i come across like new perspectives uh not thinking well this is the way that i've always understood this to be so this is the way it's got to be because sometimes you come across you realize that actually there's a whole world of things that you know people have been experiencing that i didn't know about that i didn't know that was their their perspective and yeah, I was ignorant and now I can overcome that. Yeah, epiphanies are everywhere yeah. if you search hard enough. Yeah. Well, we only have a couple more minutes left of the show, so let's play your your next song, Letters, here. Take us through why you chose this one. So this is by a friend of mine who's also been kind of inspiring, uh, Kristen Weir. Uh, she, she's uh, also been known as Lederhosen Lucille. And uh, she also plays ukulele, Mm. which I started uh, playing and composing songs with the ukulele a few years ago. So kind of inspiring there. And uh, I just really like her music. So I also thought this would be a good opportunity to bring her music to some people. Gotcha. And how do you pronounce her last name? Is it 
Muir. 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 All right. This is Letters by Krista Muir. Here we go. And we are back. That was Letters. And we're just about wrapping up the show. How time flies. Yeah, how time flies. Before we play the last song, which is the one that perhaps I'm the most excited to hear, (laughs) um, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on the show, Paul. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure. And um, everyone come to the show that Paul put together with... I'll be there as well and a bunch of other really talented local musicians on the leap year day on the 29th. Yes. So Desposito and uh, Fisher Wagon, the Champlain Shorgasm will be there as well. Yes. So it's going to be an evening of acoustic music, but not necessarily sedate Mm -hmm. acoustic music. Right. And any um, ways that you'd like to share that people can find your music or promote yourself you have so most of my music is on Bandcamp, and you can look for under montreal paul i'm trying to so this year one of my projects is to get more of my music on streaming services uh actually the song we're going to play next is on a streaming service i uh when i released it as a single with one other song i i put them on the streaming services through cd baby but um i so the night, the albums I'm going to be putting out soon, I'm going to also put out on the streaming services, but I also want to put my start putting my back catalog. I don't know if I'm going to put them all because I actually have a lot of albums on Bandcamp, mm. but I might. I was thinking of like putting together like compilations and uh, of my older stuff and putting them on the streaming services so they'd be on YouTube and uh, Spotify and all that stuff. Totally. Well, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And why did you choose this song, Paul? By a Montreal Paul. Well, it is a it is a recent release, and also Abby likes it. Yes, it's one of my favorite ones by Paul. I heard <laughs> Paul sing this one live, and I was jamming to it. So we'll play out the show with that. But uh, listeners, make sure to follow along on Abstract Social Media, where I'll be posting updates and content on there about upcoming guests, show playlists, and more. Thanks so much for listening in to Abstract, a show dedicated to abstract ideas discussed amidst ever-changing tunes here on The Radiator or on your listening platform. I'm your host. Abby BK and I hope you have a wonderful day or night. Thanks so much.